Hi guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs! Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 16. I'm ASD. I'm Chris. And joining us this week is Giles. How are you doing, mate? Hello, mate. I'm good. Yeah. You? Yeah, good. Welcome back. It's been a while, but welcome back. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I see myself as the Phil Jones of the uh, Echoes of Glory podcast. <laughs> it's been about 700 I w- days, I think. I would say it's more the Phil Gap. <laughs> 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 Whenever we have a space. No, uh, Jack, unfortunately, it's either he's got COVID or he's working out which schools he's not allowed to be near uh, or something like that. So Jack will be back. Uh, Get well soon, Jack. Get well soon, Jack. Send Get well, well. Well. Apparently he's on the mend, so uh, that's good. Um, so unfortunately, you've got me back at the helm. We've got loads to talk about. Uh, we've got West Ham win, Palace win, Saints draw, Watford win. So we're not going to go deep into every match, but there's loads to talk about in uh, all of them so let's start with the West Ham did you go Chris I didn't actually I was doing that thing of like not going anywhere with large crowds so I could have Christmas with my older parents so uh, I watched it on telly I think that was wise and did did you go John no I haven't been to the ground I've been to three games this season but the last game was the Europa Conference last home game oh yeah um well, we won 2-1, went great goal, uh, Hoiberg assists. I thought that was really good. He was really, really advanced. And it, there seems to me, a, have you seen any people who are becoming anti-Hoiberg? Because I've seen a few people who are putting him down a bit. How do you feel about that? I just think, I mean, the place you see that is on Twitter. And Twitter <laughs> is a cesspool. And there's anti-anyone on Twitter. And I'm just not having it. Because I think, like, when you've got a midfielder like him, we would be... If we didn't have him, he's exactly the player that everyone would go, oh, we really need someone like Hoiberg. So I just, I can't pay attention to it. I think he's a great, I think he's a terrific player. And I like his, I like his energy and his attitude as well as, you know, the, what he brings to the team, depending on what he's asked to do. Mm. And I think we've said this a million times since um, Antonio Conte joined, but we just look like we're being, we just look like we're being coached again. You know, I was I was uh, not to sort of uh, uh, sort of name name drop, sort of a name drop, but I went on five live on Saturday before the game. Yeah. So obviously I had to think about what I was going to say because you don't just want to be another person, whatever. You know, yeah. just sort of saying trite things. So my analogy, and I think I used it here once before, was like we're like a heavyweight getting back to phys- fitness, and we've got mm. the best trainer possible, but we've been out of shape for a while. Yeah. So it's never a straight line. So there's always a moment where it flounders. So, you know, like, that's what I sort of put Southampton down to. So not to be able to beat a 10-man Southampton, you would have expected that. But that's OK, because it is never a straight line. And we've all seen the Rocky films. There's always a moment that, you know, <laughs> there's a bit of a dip before you before the <clears> success <throat> happens. But, you know, 2022 is exciting. We, you know, we're in 
we've got a semi-final of a cup coming up, the FA Cup starting, you know, Harry, before the Watford game, I was thinking that Harry Kane's looking like Harry Kane again. I mean, he had a couple of sort of way, you know, a couple of shots that you would have expected to go in. But, you know, Skippy's covering every braid of grass. Grass. Eric Dyer's who you want him, always wanted him to be. Davinson pops up with a goal, you know, and actually looks quite comfortable in, that, in, the, in, a, in a back three, you know. And, and, and as you say, with Hoybier, it's, like, it's funny, isn't it? Like, if I think to what, you know, Jack going on and on about Skippy and as he has done since the beginning of the season. But actually, when Winks played the other day, he thought, oh, we missed Skip. And I never thought I'd say that. Like, I felt pleased. Didn't think I'd ever have a real have an opinion, certainly not this quickly. But I felt pleased to see Skippy back in the starting lineup against Watford. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel pleased to even think that we might miss Skip. I mean, that's how far he's come. That year at Norwich, he's just transformed him. Yeah. Do you think that's just a lack of uh, we haven't got anyone else, or do you think it's he's actually he's that he's that player that we want? I don't know. It's early days, isn't it? If you're asking yeah. for my opinion on it, it's too easy. I mean, <clears throat> true to the the sentiment uh, you know Chris was making about Hoiberg, players are only one bad game away from a Twitter bashing, yeah. and I think with Skip, we've we've seen moments which suggest he is you know, truly probably better than the majority of us, if not all of us thought when we heard players, uh, managers like Poch and even Jose raving about him. So I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think we just need to enjoy it. There was that moment, wasn't there, with Winksy as well in the last couple of seasons where we've really doubted him. And, and I've always been a huge fan of Winksy, but I was starting to think, well, actually, maybe he's gone on that weird path that Delhi's gone on where he shines brightly for a few years and then just fades. But again, echoing Chris's point, now that we've got a proper coach there at last, you can see that these players have real ability. They just need to be, they need that instruction and they need that motivation and they need that coaching. All the things that I feel like we we didn't have um, over the last couple of seasons shows that you can make good players better. And, and Poch did that in his time. And I think Conte's doing more already than Jose and Nuno did. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Have you got any doubts at all about Conte at all? Well, my my only doubt with Conte is uh, is indirect. It's more what will happen if Daniel doesn't put his hand in his pocket. And and I, it's part of the reason I admire Conte. He doesn't hang around. He doesn't. He stands up for what he believes in. And he's obviously been sold something. And that something. Um, probably involves a significant amount of investment or at least backing in the faith that he demands when he goes to any team. And mm. if we don't back him, the evidence suggests he will walk. And that's my only fear. Um, because I, I've, I've, I'm starting to love watching Tottenham. I've started, I've started to really enjoy looking forward to the next game. And I definitely haven't done that since Conte, uh, I Conte since Poch. And, you know, pre-Poch, I hadn't done it since, Christ, I don't know, El Tell maybe. I mean, it's been, it's just such a rare feeling and I love it and I don't want him to go. And it's that weird, it's that weird feeling, isn't it? When something starts to really mean something that you start to worry about it not being there. So my worry is his track record suggests that him and Daniel Levy will clash at some point, but let's just hope it's a few seasons away if at all. Yeah, but you would hope that at least that they would have had that conversation before they hired him, right? Yeah. 
you would hope. And <clears throat> I also think what's really important is we saw, I think it was after the... I think it was after the Palace game, I can't remember to be fair, or whether it was after Southampton, where he just sort of said it's going to take more than one transfer window to re-establish ourselves. Mm. And actually that's really important, particularly in January. And this is the other thing is that, you know, I think whatever happens, Levy's going to get it in the neck, this transfer window, because you don't spend loads of money in January because there isn't good value. And I'm all right with that because I, I, I genuinely think it's 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 Daniel Levy's job is to look after the business of the football club. And yeah, you don't yeah. do good business in January. Now, we might, you know, happy with some loan deals or if we do, you know, if we do manage to do some some good business. Lucas was a January transfer, however I feel about him and, you know, a couple of others. But I think it's really important that we don't <clears throat> that we sort of trust in the process here because I'm hoping they've had those conversations and they'll just sort of get on with you know doing some sensible business and then yeah, do yeah. proper business in the in the summer i think one of the best things they can do in this transfer window is um reese is uh sort out hugo's deal i think that's yeah really totally cool. totally i'm yeah. <clears throat> just for the record i'm one of daniel levy's biggest fans i think as a spurs fan i really am but i think you can really admire and like two people and still know that they're not going to get on and that's i think the the, the concern that yeah. i have with that hugo they're even, they're talking about just one year. Like I don't know why. Like Thiago Silva has just extended his his contract, and he's older than Hugo, and he's he's in a more combative uh, position. Just give give Hugo two or three years, and it move him in move him into a coaching role or a a, a mentoring role. Like why would you lose the captain of France um, yeah. for the sake of a one year deal? It's crazy. It's like I, who was it? Arsenal used to only give players over 30 one-year deals, and that's why they're off Bergkamp. Like, you go, you look back and, well, we'll look back and you go, that's crazy, because he's done it again. I mean, there was that save against Suchek, which was unbelievable against West Ham. And there was one against Watford as well, which kept us in it. Like, he's he's unbelievable. Again, one of the most underrated players going. While we're here then, let's talk about uh, transfers. Before we get, there's two that have been talked about. Um, but I want to talk about Zahar as well, because he's always been linked with us gently. He hasn't been linked with us now, but his petulant side came out in the 3-0 win. You know, we've had, have we seen eight red cards in Conte's time with us? Like we've seen a huge amount. I think it's eight now in the 10 Premier League games. It's a well, huge it was about amount. eight in that first game of his, wasn't there, that I, <laughs> I went to? That was a mad game. Um, uh what do you think so that we, means? Is that are we winding teams up more than we ever have? Do you think? What does that mean? I th- because the red cards aren't straight reds; they're often double yellows, aren't they? And so I feel like we're getting possession. We're going in hard on 50-50 because we're running more. We get it, and we're fitter now. We're getting to those balls, and we are frustrating teams. Like Wilfs was pure frustration, and yeah. my my worry with him has always been the Joe Cole, the David Bentley, where he's been so talented all his life that he's never had to put in the work he's always been the best player by a long 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 way and then when he went to Man United it didn't work yeah he was a young man and if he and he's, he's never been picked for England because he's never quite been that 360 player he's never done everything really well but for Palace he's a superstar you know yeah so would you take him at Spurs or would you not do you want to go first Chris I think for the right price I think it depends what you'd because you know understanding that in understanding that there are budgets and that you actually you've got to figure out what you do with the money that's available and I think one of the risks of always buying an English player is that there's a premium right yeah 
So I think probably his price would be too high for what we for what for what we'd get for the return, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. who doesn't like a winger who runs at people? Yeah, right. You know, and has actually got an end product as well because you know you saw Conte after the uh, after the Watford game. I don't know, like forty crosses or something, and no end product. So oh, yeah, it's obviously yeah. something we've got to work on. Do you think he, he, he is a massive gooner though, isn't he? There's a caveat there with him. He could be worse. He could be Chelsea, but he's. Uh... I don't think that's worse. But well, <laughs> <laughs> is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. On that crossing thing, though, I know we're jumping about a bit, but on the, do you think that it's it's purely them having nine people behind the ball that like wherever you stick the ball? I know the, some of them could be done with more wit and more aggression, but do you think if you have ten people in a box, like it's going to be hard to pick a person out anyway? They weren't hit. They were hitting the first man a lot though yeah. against Watford, and that's like something that you don't want to see. Mm. We're talking yeah. Emerson Royal here mainly. Yeah, mainly. Yeah, he's, he's I don't think pretty, I don't think Reggie's immune from criticism in that game though, because I watched the game and it was it was oh, it was so soul destroying. I mean, on one hand, it was encouraging because it was like a training game and we were just relentless, which I think is something we have been under Conte consistently, which is great, and perhaps maybe that's led to some of the red cards and that fight we've got and grit we've now got. But there were, it's the most crosses in open play from any game this season, I believe, 30-odd, maybe 40, I, I forget, it felt like 80. <laughs> but but nothing was landing to a Spurs player. They weren't even particularly, oh, they just weren't particularly fluid attacks. They kind of went out to the flanks and, and um, yeah, Royale would just ping it into the first man. It was just, it, just, it felt like we were we were struggling. It felt like we were overwhelming them all over the pitch but in that final third we were just a bit clueless yes yeah. Yeah, so it, it does feel like we're we're relying on it's Mora really to break people down isn't it uh, yeah. and considering he only ever runs in a straight line that's going to be a problem <laughs> but I made I made this point um Chris I made this point to ASD yesterday or the day before that I think he is I mean he's one of the most frustrating players I've heard him just being described as the place that possession goes to to die and I've just never forgotten that because it's great but I do think he's one of the most transformed players under Conte yeah. in part because I feel like we're so reliant on him to turn in turn into an attack like him taking the ball in the center of the park and turning and spinning away from a player seems to be one of the really only effective consistent yeah. things that we've seen recently which is actually worrying to be honest yeah because that's the thing is like when you've i've sort of seen stuff about who we're linked with i think asd you were going to get onto that and it's mostly been a center back and a right wing back which i, I do get that because i think you know matt doherty is not up to it Jaffet, yeah. i think would be a backup for a center back rather than a right wing back that's fine I'll, but i want to see him there um, but actually, like we desperately, desperately need someone who's going to create something in the midfield. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I know those players are hard to come by because it's just something with a little bit, someone with a little bit special, something a little bit special. And we were spoiled, you know, and I know that he ended up getting brick bats by the time he left. But we were spoiled by Christian Eriksen and yeah. what he oh, yeah. was able to do, you know, yeah. on a weekly basis, including from dead balls. And so... You know, I'd like to, I mean, I don't know who, what the answer is because I'm not like a, I'm not a connoisseur of European football, but I want to see some, someone creative in midfield who's going to ping balls about and, but, you know, but also be able to just find that, what, that killer through ball or, you know, and all of that. And I just don't think we've seen that for a long time. 
Yeah, you're right. You're so right. We're linked with a replacement for Doherty, backup for centre backs, but we haven't even got someone to do that job, and that's a real worry because we've got the front three who are great, like two of them are world class, and then you've got the people who are more defensive, and that that is, a, and that's why we can't break down, you know, ten man Southampton. Um, Watford. Mm. No, no. Let's finish on the transfers. So. Uh, Lukaku, we've been linked with Lukaku. I, it will never happen because Chelsea played no, 100 It's a ridiculous rumour, I think. Yeah, I don't happen. Forgetting that, uh, imagine he was available for 70 million, the same as Vlahovic, with 70 million euros. Would you go for him? Is, is he someone you'd like to see at Spurs? Personally, Chris? no. Oh, sorry, Chris. No, go, go on, on. go on, Giles. Why? I, I, I've always, I've always struggled with Lukaku. Um, my best mate's an Everton fan, and, and I remember at the time he was at Everton, and, and the, the criticism he would find even at Goodison Park, and with all due respect to Everton, if you're getting criticism at Goodison Park that regularly for a player who's meant to be one of the top tier strikers in the world, I think the one thing Lukaku has demonstrated is just what an amazing coach Conte is, because he made him into an unstoppable player in Serie A last season. I mean, he was phenomenal. And with all due respect to Lukaku, whilst I think he is a very good footballer, I just don't think he's great at all. And I also don't think he'd fit in well with Spurs, to be honest. He doesn't really play our type of football. Um, just a bit, a bit square peg in a round hole. Have you not just answered your own question, though, there? Have you not, the fact that he works under Conte, whatever that if he can transform him because I think that's yeah. thing is like why not to have a slightly different kind of striker you know we haven't yeah. scored loads of goals this season you know and you know we've done all right don't get me wrong like you know three against Palace whatever um in recent times but actually I'd quite like to see a different kind of striker and I, I like him and I, I I you know maybe I wasn't watching Everton as much as your mate obviously but I thought he did well at Everton which is what you know what earned him all that what earned him those moves and I think um, I think he's a good player. I mean, look what he did in the was it the Euro? I can't remember. Was it the Euros? Mm. It was the Euros, wasn't it? You know, he had good Euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, you know, and he played well. That was a good team. So I'd I'd like <laughs> to see him, but I don't think it's going to happen. Like not. In I, yeah, I don't think in a million years it would happen. Chelsea, I mean, I think Abramovich would do everything in his power to stop it from happening. But also, I, I do agree with you. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like oh, Never gonna... Conte and Lukaku have played together before. Let's just write some stories. Let's, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, clickbait. But the thing is, right. I think you're absolutely right, uh, Chris, completely, that if he did come, he would be a success under Conte. I don't doubt that for one second. I would just rather someone like Vlahovic come in because he is someone who is very different to Son and Kane in as much as he's just a pure clinical finisher. He doesn't make assists like Kane and Sonny would and I think he would fit in perfectly. How old is he Vlavic? 21 I believe. One. 21. He's, he's like the next big thing and he's banging in gold. I'm so excited and he he, he could be brilliant. And, he, and his agent has come out on record to say he would come to Tottenham. He would consider yeah. Tottenham. I mean if that's not a come and get me I don't know what is but exactly. what's, well, the, what's the price tag going to be? Because obviously if he's the next, big, if he's the next big thing that's not too, I mean, how much did we pay for um, Tongi? About 60, but, wasn't it? Just yeah. shy. Yeah, he's, he's got one year left in his contract and he, he will go somewhere big. But it sounds like Mbappe and Haaland are going to be going somewhere. So Real Madrid mm-hmm. won't need a striker, which is great. Man United may need a striker, but they're still paying Ronaldo. So it might be the perfect. He doesn't want it. He can't go to Juventus. He can't. They, Barcelona can't afford anyone at the moment. The only other place might be Bayern Munich. 
to replace Lewandowski. So maybe it's not maybe City. Lewandowski. Don't City need a striker. City desperate for a striker may have been mentioned as well, but yeah. You know. <laughs> I think Especially City could convince him, but the weird, the weird thing is about all this like rhetoric coming out from the agent is City is one of the clubs he wouldn't be as keen to go to as United, Tottenham, I think maybe Chelsea because of the style of play. He's not a, he's not a, you know, um, he's not a ball player. He's not a, he's not a quarterback like all, all ten players out, all, all eleven players in truth at City <laughs> Field. So I think he actually, the, the agent right, is hinting at the right fit for him. And also, I think the, the thing is, and I'm a massive Daniel Levy fan, but he must know that um, if the, if the reporting is valid and it's true, he's only wanting to come to Tottenham in part because of Conte because he wants to play under Conte. He's been in Italy for a few seasons. He's played. He's come up against Conte, and we're not going to get to play this card for long. So we should play it now and we should get this young kid in who's just tearing up Syria. Yeah. Right then, last one, which looks like it could happen, is Adama Traore to replace, to go to right back. Um, Chris, how do you feel about it? 20 million, Adama Traore? Yes, 100%, because I've always thought whenever I watch him, he's got, he just needs to be coached properly. And I think we've got a brilliant coach. I think... He would be magnificent under Conte. I think for 20 million quid, it's an absolute snip. We'd buy, buy him tomorrow. Get him in ready to play against Chelsea. Just when I thought I couldn't love Chris anymore. <laughs> Go on, Giles. Do you agree, Giles? Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, I echo everything you've just said. I mean, I, I just I just think he's... I also think, which is going to sound flippant, I don't mean it to, but I also think for shits and giggles, because... You get players every now and then who are just so they like there's uh, like there's one attribute which they just have over and above everyone else. You can say Peter Crouch was, you know, three foot taller than everyone else, but you made a system work around him, whether it was Defoe or Van der Vaart. With Traore's pace and power, he's unstoppable. And yes, he doesn't have the assists and his end product is poor, certainly when you look at the stats. But what you don't get recorded in assist stats is, is the amount of defenders or, or players he would pull away with him, freeing up space for Sonny to run in around the back. Okay. And I just think as for, a, for someone like Conte to get his hands on that kind of raw material yeah. for 20 million, which is sadly relatively, you know, relative peanuts nowadays, is just too good an opportunity to miss. He's only 25. Do you disagree, ASD? I do disagree. Uh, I'll tell you why. Yeah, uh, he's, been playing fo- he's been playing football for 20 years. If he can't play football now, then why why should we expect Conte to do to um, be able to deal with him? I think it'll be incredibly frustrating because he does not have an end product. And I know we like a player without an end product here because there were cheers versus Soko and people still love Dembele. But ultimately... How frustrating is it going to? Did you just say Dembele? Oh, we don't, don't have don't, this. Let's don't don't do this, Chris. My problem with Dembele. How many Musa, goals did Dembele not score? Not on Dembele. Musa Dembele. Musa Dembele. I have a real problem with how we look back on him. He he didn't do enough for what people love him because he was able to take the ball under difficult conditions, spin around a few times, beat those people, and move on like Jack oh, Wilshere used to do. But the problem is wow. not enough goals, not enough assists. And he slowed everything down. He didn't speed anything up. He didn't break lines. He just created lines of players around him. If you have a look, he's always turning around and then people are getting back behind the ball. That's my problem. Obviously, I love watching him and all that sort of stuff. I just think people massively have rose to the spectacles because of how other players talk about him and the compilations that you see when actually he's a very frustrating player. But going back to Triore, um, I... I watch him every week. He was magic. He was magic, and he didn't do enough. 
imagine the magic was putting the rabbit in the hat, moving the hat around, and then you didn't pull the rabbit out. That's that was the magic <laughs> we were talking about there. And Troy, if I was stronger, I'd flip this desk right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Troy, Ray, my problem is it just doesn't do enough, and you see people. It's annoying because Wolves have just beaten Man United, what, two hours ago? And the goal was created from Traore beating Shaw, getting to the line, putting the ball in, and then was it, um, Moutinho, was it? Scoring. Price got up the... now, then. Oh, maybe. But um, I, well, I, I just don't see it. Like, if, who does he, does he improves Doherty, but he's not a defender now. So he's, we're going to have to teach him defending, but we're just going to get frustrated that he's a decent attacker. But he doesn't do any defending. I just don't know what the point of this purchase is. He did, he did play wing back a few times with Nuno. I think increasingly you're starting to play wing back. But I also think if you've, I think the, I think that the way our team is set up with the three centre backs, we got Hoiberg or Skippy. I think his defensive, I mean, aside from the, his pace, which let's not forget, got Carl Walker out of a lot of trouble. Albeit Carl Walker developed into an incredible player, in my opinion. Um, I just think all the materials are there. And I don't think we would get him to be a defender. We would get him to exploit the attacking potential and what it would mean for the players around him. And we don't really have that. I mean, you've got the likes. I mean, Royale looks like a decent player, but he he isn't someone who's going to create many chances. He looks a bit like um like a seven or eight, out of, like how you talk about Ben Davies quite frequently, who, by the way, I've been converted on because I was starting to doubt him and he's looked great. But I, but I think he's more of that type of calibre of player. He's young and he might develop, but he's not explosive. He's not someone having that much yeah, yeah. pace, I think, can really threaten teams in a way that we can't really do at the moment. Yes, Sonny's got pace, but he hasn't got power, has he? He's probably the least powerful. And just to make the point, ASD, of like he's been playing football for 20 years and so what's Conte going to do? Uh, ben Davis has been playing football for 25 years and actually has been transformed. And I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> delighted that he's been transformed. Yeah. Yeah, he's back to where he was, Ben Davis. That's the thing. He's he was brilliant before, and he's been brilliant for Wales. Uh, and then he, now he's just back to the ten out of ten that he always was before. It's true, he's never been ten out of ten. But that's what's good about Ben Davis is he's a proper pro, isn't he? Yeah. And I think that's why so many people like me love Eric Dyer, mostly for what he's like off the pitch. And I'm delighted to see him performing well. And going back to your Zaha point earlier, and he definitely has a touch of the Taraps. He's a bit, you know, he's clearly gifted, but he's got, he's just not quite all there for whatever reason. By all accounts, Traore is another real pro. I mean, you, you, I mean, look at him physically as an athlete. He obviously takes sport very seriously. So I think I don't see it as being a risk like someone like Zaha might be, albeit I've always been a fan of Zaha yeah. because he gives you that uh, that unexpected unpredictability, yeah. which again, I think Traore, Traore is maybe more predictable, but just like Gareth Bale was in his prime, you know what he's going to do, but you still can't stop him. He's going he's gonna to knock it past you and he's going to run on and he's going to get the ball and he'll take it further. And I think that's something that for £20 million pounds is just a just a good idea. Yeah, I think yeah. I mean, I, I'm being flippant for for effect partially, but the um, we do Adrian love. Uh, the question is though, does Paratici fancy him? Because that's what matters, right? Yeah, apparently he does. I mean, that's that's why this sort of link surfaced apparently because him and Conte both both rate him. But again, that's me believing headlines. So right. who knows if that's right. true? Right with that. Get it done. It'd be better than Doherty. Whatever happens, <laughs> it would be an improvement on Doherty. Yeah. Send Doherty back. I think you said that, G. Just send yeah. him back. Yeah. Um, any other point? I mean, the Watford game is fresh. We had a deserved win, really, with that header in 96 minutes. Sanchez hates celebrating a goal. Um, yeah. 
I love that. that. Was... I, I enjoyed that celebration. Yeah. I think what was really, really heartening about that was I genuinely didn't think we were going to score. I was oh, just really? like, it's just not going to go in today. Yeah. It's how I felt by about 85 minutes. I thought we would. I thought we would. I thought we would. I thought we would. The second and the second half started. Then at about 85, I was like, oh, we're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. So... We're not going to score. Um, but you know, that's that's what you want your team to do. You want your team yeah, to yeah. to score in the 90 whatever a minute and and push on from it. So. They, definite penalty for Watford. The Hugo challenge. You think? I think they should have had a pen. I think we should have had a pen for Eric Dyer yeah. being wrestled. wrestled yeah, down. we should have had two, I thought. Yeah. So I still Good. don't understand how um, VAR works this season. It's It's been a weird weekend, isn't it? They've taken the hammering and, and VRFs have been moved off. I don't really understand it. And the offside rule and the handball rule, everything seems to have become a reaction to how bad VAR was and how long the decisions changed. And it's become... It I mean that feel... offside against Harry Kane, just you know, particularly oh, when don't. you saw it, particularly when you saw it up against um, the fact that Phil Foden's wasn't offside that same sort of game day, if you like. Mm. Um, it doesn't make any. Genuinely, it's like I actually I asked on Twitter. I was like, genuinely, could someone I explain this to me? I didn't, and it, it went wild because people were really up for talking about it. You know, usually my football tweets get don't get much interest at all. But there you go. Um, <laughs> But like, yeah, it's like I genuinely, and I was, it was a genuine question because it didn't make any sense because you know those, even with the lines drawn, it, it still didn't, it didn't no. add up to what the lines drawing last time looked like. If you see what last yeah. season looked like, but. And I thought this season they were meant to give the advantage to the attacking team. Yep. That clearly hasn't, you know, kicked in. Yeah. No, it's it's very peculiar. Um, I thought the Mane yellow cards right at the beginning that should have been a red as well it just seems to be a bit all over the place at the minute yeah um it does make it very exciting and football's gone crazy i thought chelsea were gonna walk it um but city are now walking it we are two points ahead of man united with the game in hand massive game against i mean we'll talk about the um our fixtures coming up now massive game against arsenal like this is the biggest north london derby because right now we are two points behind them with two games in hand. So if we win, we'll be two, we'll be a point ahead of them with a game in hand. Uh, and it's absolutely massive. But we're not playing them uh, for a few weeks. So we've got Chelsea, Morecambe, Chelsea, then Arsenal in the Premier League. So mm. Chelsea, bit of a mess. Apparently there's a bit of a COVID warning for two of our players to, tonight. But Chelsea have also, they've got knocks and they've got players out. So it's away. Makes you wonder which two as well, though, for us, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, it all of this... Um, still makes me wonder who we, who is vaxxed and who isn't. And I'm not into anti-vax, but with such a breakout at the club, and I know vaccinations don't stop breakouts, and I'm not qualified to talk about this, but it is very interesting. Um, yeah, except I think the thing with, with, I know many, many, many people who are double and even some of them triple vaxxed who yeah. have got COVID yeah, yeah. in this last yeah. wave. So mm. it's kind of hard to... You know, a few of them were on social media with their vaccinations, though, right? They were. Yeah, Reggie was there and... Um, Delhi. Uh, Delhi was there. Is he um, going to go on loan, do you think, somewhere? I hope so for him. I'd yeah. really like him to work hard somewhere and just, just be better. Um, I, I, somewhere like Newcastle. So, you know, Villa, just go in and be... I hard. don't want him to go to Newcastle because I don't want him to get relegated. <laughs> well, tr- well, trickier looks like he's going to Newcastle now. But looks like yeah, that's, I think it's pretty much a done deal now. Really? Still, mm. Yeah. Jesus. Like there's 
There's photos of him in the Newcastle show. That must be a lot of money they've offered him. I think oh, it's about. Yeah, I think but... it's close to thirty million euros was was yeah. being quoted by that um, Romano chap, Romero, whatever his name is. But I, but I, but it's a it's a weird one that Trippier. I mean, I um, you do have to question his ambition. I mean, albeit he's won the league in Spain. Fair play to him. Home, he's homesick apparently. Yeah, but homesick. He he's from Berry. He's not from. He's not a Geordie. He's from Manchester way. It's just. It's close to Madrid. It is closer than Madrid, but there's a lot of teams spread evenly across the UK. <laughs> it just seems like a bizarre one to go to the most. Yeah, but north. they've obviously offered him a sh- shit ton of money, right? Of course yeah. they have, yeah. So you know, and I, I don't, and I never begrudge, a, I never begrudge players that because it's a short career, and you know, as much as I don't like unfettered capitalism, that's what football is. So you might as well take advantage of it if you're like a working class person who's gonna like that's this is your opportunity. Or any yeah. person, frankly. Which makes me think that Delhi to Newcastle isn't that unlikely. No, I don't think it is that unlikely, but I, I just, you know, obviously with all the other things about Newcastle ownership and how much oh, I yeah. love Delhi, I'm not massively keen on a personal note yeah. for him to go there. But like, I'm not sure that my views matter in this one, sadly. Mm. There you go. Well. Um, so Chelsea away, big game, horrible game. Uh, that's with recording on Monday. It's, it's going to happen on Wednesday. Then we've got Morecambe on Sunday, then Chelsea again. So, uh, how uh, do you have any clue as to what's going to happen? I've got no idea. No I'm, idea. I'm no. I mean, I'm more um, I'm more enthusiastic and confident than I would have been this time last year. Um, mm. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm expecting a result. I certainly think we'll turn up, and that's something that I don't feel like I could have said last year. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say. I also think there's this thing about how um, Conte doesn't really do well in cups, apparently. Right? He hasn't really won in many, like, cup competitions. He just wins titles. Mm. And I think that's interesting because, like, you know, Mourinho was like, wins a cup every time, but he didn't with us. So maybe we'll flip the script on Conte this time and win a cup. Would you rather we beat them in in the cup or the league? Big. I still don't hold much much value in the Carabao Cup, but it is the semi-finals. Um, I think I'd, I think I'd rather beat them in the cup, to be honest. I'd yeah. over over both legs. I think I'd rather beat them in the cup because it will just wind them up not to get into a cup <laughs> final because of us. And you know, and the league is a longer endeavour that involves many teams. If you see what yeah. I mean. Yeah. So I think both. I'd like both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Morecambe, we should be Morecambe again. Should be a second team. We should see Galini. Obviously, I want to see Roden. All, all of those get yeah. them out. Brian. Brian's a funny one. I thought we'd see a lot more of Brian, but maybe he's yeah. just a bit I young. Mm. Um, maybe they well, just he were... got COVID as well, didn't he? So you don't know. Like, and he looks quite weak. He his, his system it's like just needs a little bit more time to get back to his bed yeah he looks like he struggled with his school bag doesn't he yeah exactly <laughs> but saying that he looks he looks decent on the ball he's got good technique well actually given everything i was just saying about ericsson i know he's not the same kind of player but at least you think he might create something yeah actually so yeah so yeah bro you want to see brian out there yeah. Anyone and else you want to see? As well, I hope would hopefully have a good game in that game as well. Who would you put up front? Not many options, are there really? Yeah, I mean, unless this, unless it's true, he thinks Stevie B can 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 play up front, which that almost seemed a bit of a riddle. 
Yeah, Saint Scarlet, I, maybe. Saint Scarlet, yeah, you might see maybe see Jack Clark, maybe. Um coming to play. Obviously not up front. Yeah, you do, don't you? You just oh yeah, he was a lot of money. Um and it sounds like oh while we're here, Romero is is uh coming back to full fitness. He's aiming to play in February, so hopefully okay. yeah. that's good. Yeah. Even that's interesting because actually they've done really well in the back, yeah. you know, like who are you gonna drop from that back three? They've done really well. Yeah, Sanchez has turned his career around at Spurs, hasn't he? Because he yeah. he was the first player I dropped, but he's done really well. I made that I made that point to a mate yesterday that what is phenomenal about and this is a big Conte fan who who in part changed my opinion on Conte coming to Spurs because I wasn't I wasn't as um I wasn't as uh in the know about Conte and he's kind of it gave me a lot more intel which helped but the point I was I, we were both making is that he's he's basically with the same crop of players that we've had for years now he's he's conceded we've conceded four goals in eight premier league games and that's yeah. just astonishing i think it's one of the best defensive records in the league in the last eight games 0.5 goals a game and you think not long ago we were shipping three to everyone from palace to arsenal to chelsea yeah yeah um villa i we finished with that now villa had um a player on their bench who was born in 2005 how old does that make you feel that right how horrible is that <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he's 16, but yeah, Charles has left the room. Um, <laughs> I've nearly. T- I've nearly. T- I've, got t- I've got a tiny intruder. Hang on, mate. I'm just going to lob her back upstairs. <laughs> I was right. nearly. I was nearly 10 years into my career by 2005. That was my first year of uni, so it's uh Oh. Anyway. Um. Uh, yeah. Um. Now the world has lost. One of the great people recently in the Archbishop, Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So in honour of him, I'm asking you what your favourite Tutu draw is. Um, <laughs> I've, I've got a list Amazing. of four that I saw here. Um, but Chris, have you got a favourite Tutu draw? Well, before I tell you my fa- my sort of favourite in recent times, I'm going to tell you the one I most hated. Is Can I guess? Is it the Chelsea 2, Spurs 2, Battle of the Bridge one? No. Okay. So the two two I most hated was in April two thousand and four at White Hart Lane, mm. where that lot from down the road yeah. needed a draw to win the league. Yeah, it was horrible. Uh. It was horrible. It was like literally the worst time I've ever had at White Hart Lane. And you know, I saw some quite. You know, I, I got a season ticket in the late nineties. Remember, so I saw. So I had some misery down there, but this that was definitely the worst. Um, and I thought quite a lot about these um, about these tutus and I, I thought I'd go for something in more recent memory. And I went to February 2018 um, with the 2-2 with Liverpool. Yeah. Yes. Because it was that absolute banger from Wanyama mm. and then equalising in the 95th minute with a penalty that we really deserved. Actually, I thought mm. that day. And, you know, we know we don't do that well at Anfield. And so it was. It was great to see. Loved it. So that was mine. Yours. Good. Charles. I missed the question. But best to all. Uh, yeah. Um. It's we're honouring Archbishop Desmond Tutu with our favourite Tutu. <laughs> <team. laughs> I thought it was a nod to yesterday's Liverpool Chelsea game, which, by the way, was was a fantastic watch. I um. 
I don't. I, I mean, I I vividly remember the Liverpool game that that, that Chris mentions. That was a, a wonderful. I mean, that was was that like ninety fifth minute as well when we equalized. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Something crazy yeah. like was, that. Wasn't it his second penalty as well? Yeah, well, I'm it, sure we only missed the first in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I I this isn't my this isn't my most favourite, but I mean, I didn't I only got about five minutes warning for this. I think ASD, but I uh, but I I can't not think of Battle of the Bridge, which was by no means my favourite. If anything, it would be quite a stretch from my favourite. But it was just so just so memorable, and I'll never hear the score to all without thinking of it. And actually, there were moments within the game which I can only really reflect on in hindsight of a few years which were wonderful like the fight that we had quite literally was it was fantastic as a fan to watch how much it meant was amazing um it's just a shame it was such a significant drop of points yeah and and, and discipline uh, yeah i've got yeah, yeah, four yeah. which is going to lead up to the one so my first two two draw that i saw do you remember 2010 we played leeds in the fa cup and they got a penalty in the last minute to Dawson bringing down I think it might have been Beckford and Beckford scored and then we went and lost up there that was a disappointing one then the best goal I ever saw live at White Hart Lane was well now unfortunately from Sigurdsson but it was we were one it was 1-1 in the Capitol Hill Cup and then it was 2-2 and this was 2013 so Kane came on to score in extra time to bring it back to 2-2 and then we won on penalties 8-7 who was that against? That was against Hull. Sorry, yeah, I should have said that. But Hull, oh, do you remember yeah. the goal? If you search Sigurdsson goal, Hull, it's my favourite goal. Like, he gets this ball from Norton, and as he drags it back, he sort of bounces it over two players who are coming I do behind him. I do remember it, and I won't be looking him up on the internet. No, so such I think a shame. Mm. And then 2013, 2-2 draw against Man United. We had a Walker free kick, and Sancho Galazzo from outside the box. Do you remember that? That was a storming game. But my favourite one was just because me and Jack, um, went away to Swansea. Uh, do you remember with 2 2? Ericsson scored two free kicks, which were pretty much identical to mm. go bring us back to 1 1 and 2 2. We had some friends over, and I hadn't really told my wife that I was going away to Swansea. So they came over for the night, Friday night, they, and then Saturday morning they woke up. And I'd sort of mentioned it to him, but she hadn't really realised. But then I was like, Jack's at the door and we're going. So um, I'll see ya. And we pinged it. Like, we did it in less than three hours from North Hearts all the way to Swansea, which. Yeah. Uh, it was great, especially as like the bit between Cardiff and Swansea is like 50 miles per hour the whole way with cameras. So, um, drive responsibly, only, people. I did. I took a back road that no one else knows about that's um, shorter and quicker. And then um, <laughs> I've only had ever, ever had KFC twice in my life. Once was in Cardiff and I got sick, so I didn't have it. But then Jack really wanted it and they didn't give us our coastal. And I, I don't remember, I don't forget when people do me wrong. And so I'm still curious <laughs> about that. We had a great time. Do you know what we had? I've only had KFC a couple few times in my life. It's not really my thing. But one time, the most memorable time was on the way back from Anfield. It was like really late and we were hungry and we bought like a whole bucket and ate it in the car and then drove down. It's great. Yeah. Nice. Um, they had the, the guy at Swansea, the, the, when we walked in, the, um, when we, the person we were asking for our seats, had a real go at me because I was like a Spurs fan from Cardiff. And But if you don't know, the rivalry between Swansea and Cardiff is absolutely massive and violent mm. and aggressive mm. like you if you're a Swansea fan who lives in Cardiff and you go into a Cardiff away game you have to drive to Swansea to get the only coaching the coach because you're not allowed into the Cardiff ground unless you're coming from a Swansea um coach like it, it's hyper aggressive um lots of ag and recently the Swans fans have been 
using the crown um, Union Jack flags as their symbols. So it's it's becoming political and a bit Scottish, which is a uh, which is disappointing. But um, now Jack's not here, um, but I've got five players if you want, and I'll give you their their club oh. careers. Oh. And uh, but they're they they they're all players you know, and uh, I'll tell you who they are. So he this man. For a bit of a legend, started his career uh, in 1988 at Grenoble, Grenoble, uh, played there for a year. Then he moved to River Plate, Montevideo, uh, in 1989 to 1990. Then from 1990 to 1997, he played 239 for Zaragoza. 1997 to 2001, he played for Chelsea, 105 times, scoring 36 goals. Then from 2001 to 2004, he came to Tottenham Hotspur, played 82 games. Is it Gas? It's Gus Poirier. Very, very good. Very, very good. Nice. Oh, that's, uh, that's annoying. You're that good. Right. This is a far more difficult one to get. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as the last club on his uh, Wikipedia listing, you can't click on the club. So it's not a big club. And under appearances and goals, it's just got question marks. So uh, that's <laughs> right. it's the same as my career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 1997 to 2000, played for Peterborough United, 65 games, six goals. Then 2000 to 2005, played for Tottenham Hotspur, 121 goal games, 13 goals. 2005 to 2007, Everton. And then 2007 to 2013, Fulham. Then 2013, Davies. Simon, yeah. Simon Davies. Simon Davies, yeah. Very yeah. good. Yeah, uh, Peterborough. I liked him. I, yeah, I kind of liked him as well. He was, he was decent, wasn't he? Injury prone. Um, Welsh, obviously, so that yeah helps. Well, me. Uh, right. Okay. So next player started. He's six foot one. He started in two thousand two, and he's he played for Rangers ninety four times until two thousand eight. And we bought him from Rangers in two thousand eight, and we got rid of him in two thousand eleven. Played fifty one times and scored two goals. Oh, I got this. Yeah. All right. Um, we sent him out on loan in 2010 to Sunderland, but then we sold him to Villa in 2011 and he played there until 2019. But when he was at Villa, he went on loan to Forest, Mallorca and Bolton Wanderers. Did he have a fight with his dad? He had a fight with his dad outside <laughs> yeah, of the yes, <laughs> That's one of my favourite stories. Between that and... Um... Kirikesh slipping on the ice. Do you remember that? Did you ever see that video? I love that video. Oh, was that so when he was, he was on the bottle, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. He had, uh, he had talent. He was like a poor man's David Louise, wasn't he? Alan Hutton. No, no, Kirikesh. <laughs> I, remember, I remember genuinely believing Alan Hutton was a, was a right-sided Gareth Bale for a time. I was so happy when we signed him. I thought, this is it. Oh, my uh, under international career, he's got um he's been capped for Scotland, which is obviously great. And then under Great Britain, it says Hutton was included in the Team GB Olympic football coach Stuart Pearce's provisional 191 long list of players for the 2012 Olympics. However, he did not make the final. <laughs> I mean, 191. That must have been literally every <laughs> British player in the, top, <laughs> in the top four in the top four divisions, right? Yeah. I'm annoyed I didn't get one. Um, right. Wasn't he Rangers' record transfer, like transfer out until yesterday? Because Everton have just bought that kid, haven't they? 
he's played twice this season and Everton have just paid 12, 13 million or something. Is that right? Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. Madness. Uh, easier one, this one. So, started his career in 1984 at Salgo. Then in 1986, moved to Hayes for a year. Then from 1987 to 1995, he played for Queen's Park Rangers 163 times, scoring 80 goals. Uh, he moved to Brentford on loan in 1988. And then in we 1988, he also moved to Besiktas. Go on then. Where do you go next? Next is the one he went He went to before us. So he went to Newcastle. Oh, yes, so two nice. years. Uh, so nice. Tottenham, West Ham, yeah. Leicester, Bolton, Reading, Watford. Um, so Les, I mean, what, what, what do you remember about Sir Les MBE, Chris? Just like, just, just majestic headers, but also held yeah. the ball up really nicely as well, you mm. know. And I also remember that pony shirt. Yeah. You know, it's a very, he's a, he's a romantic. He, he's, he's, he's oh. a. It's a, there's a romantic view of him, isn't there? He's really Absolutely. lovely. And I do. I've done a bit of work mm. with QPR. I did a bit of work with QPR last last year now. Yeah. And um, I was in the at the training ground a couple of times. Sadly, he was never there. I always had a little hope. Oh. I always had a little hope that I'd just sort of turn up and just bump into him. But, you know. Yeah, that's great. He's director of football <clears throat> now, isn't he? QPR. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Final one, a bit more difficult now. Um, he's currently the chairman of Whitten United. Um, he. Actually, this is quite easy. It's very easy. 1986 to 1994, he played for Norwich City. 1994 to 1995, played for Newcastle. 1995 to 2000, played for Tottenham Hotspur. 2000 to 2002, played for West Brom. What was that last year? What year are we talking? 2002, he played for West Brom. Oh, I know who this is from Norwich to Newcastle to us. I didn't know he was a director of anything. He uh, is from, I believe, a volcano. Pardon? But his country is a volcanic island. Right, I mean, I yeah. know who he is. I didn't know he was from a volcano. <laughs> he played for England and then he played his intelligence played for Montserrat, which is a volcano, I believe. Go on, Chris. Will Fox. Again. Was that a pony? I think that was uh, a pony, wasn't it? it yeah, was I, he was the first named shirt I ever had was Fox. Oh, really? I think my and in fact, I saw one of my first, I'm trying to remember. When, did we beat them? Was it 4-1 at the lane? And he was playing for Newcastle. Or was it 4-2, 4-3? Just before we, the season before we signed him, it was one of the first games I went to the Oh, night. and he had an absolute bang. And he, and he, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant game, yeah. What so that's it. Uh, any other business? I can get well soon, Jack. Uh, Friday night, Kings Meadow. Oh, I've frozen. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, weird. yeah. All no, right. no, we're here. Great. Friday night, Kings Meadow. Big game for the Spurs women's team. Yeah. Really big game for the Spurs women's team. You know, I think it's going to be a real show of of where we're at because I think Chelsea are kind of slightly on another level um, mm. this, you know, this season where Emma Hayes has taken them, etc. But and I say I'll be very interested to see how we how we manage that game. It's a bit of a shame it's the first game back after like three weeks off and stuff. Mm. You'd sort of I I know they're in the same position. But I would have liked to have seen us like have a couple of games before we took them on. But you know, it's on B. Uh, no, it's on Sky. It's on Sky. Good, 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 good. Awesome. Uh, okay. Well, Chris, pleasure to see you, obviously. And then Giles, lovely to have you back. Hopefully, we'll see you again soon. It's annoying because you play by the side um, instead of coming on the show. So, uh, <laughs> thought you're pro. <laughs> <laughs>
I didn't know that was the choice, but yeah. What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> All right. Um, and whatever happens, don't forget the future's bright. The future's really won't. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.